This is how I get warmed up for the show. Bad religion and say Francis. The Carlton Ants. Phoenix West, hell of a dancer. Look at him over there. He's a piss poor comedian that reviews movies. You know what you should do? Boom, kidnap him. No family, nobody missed the prick. Alright, alright. Let's pull up the IMDb for that thing because I don't remember anyone's fucking name in this goddamn movie. Alright. What is this, 37? Okay. Hello, citizens. Welcome to SMS 37. Today's episode is Nick Cage Cast 18. Vengeance, a love story. Did I get him a pause there for the colon in there? Because this movie was a colon. Oh my dear God, where do I even begin with this thing? So, uh, let's just fucking start talking about this Nick Cage movie. So, Nick Cage is technically in this movie. And by that I mean he I want to say he's on screen for maybe maybe I almost said maybe I want to say Nick Cage is in on screen I, nope sentence is over six minutes I'm just gonna finish a sentence because I butchered it twice in a row so fuck it just gonna leave all that in because fuck it why not it's good enough for YouTube good enough for you guys uh, if you're on the podcast uh, sorry it's not good enough for iTunes iTunes is sacred but Nick Cage is barely in this movie. I have, I had, I had no idea what this movie's about. I knew that Nick Cage was in it. The poster looked very shitty. I only saw the poster for like before it came out. I didn't see anything afterward. I didn't hear about it afterward at all. Like most Nick Cage movies, I think only Mandy is the Nick Cage movie since the maybe the movie Joe that anybody fucking saw. It didn't go. Mandy went to theaters. All his other ones are like direct to Redbox. He's basically, I think Nick Cage lives inside the Redbox and he kind of like presses the DVDs and he's like, here you go. And he, he just, here you go. And, and that's all he does. I, I don't know what he's doing in there. I, I, there's so many movies from Nick Cage in the Redbox. It's, it's kind of intense. It must be in his contract. I don't know. I can't figure it out. But with that being said, Vengeance, a love story is based on the book Rape, a love story, which is a better title. And fits the fits the plot better as a title because this movie's all about rape. I didn't know it was based on a book called Rape: A Love Story. I didn't look up anything until afterward, after I finished the movie, just so I didn't have anything spoiled and didn't know what to expect. I, didn't, I had no idea what what to look out for going in. Just wanted to go in blind on a Nick Cage movie. I randomly pulled the card. Oh, you remember these cards? Yeah, this is the one I pulled. Just pulled a random blue one from the deck. And this is what I got today. So this is what I'm doing with my fucking Sunday. So, Nicolas Cage, why weren't you in the movie? So I put the movie on, and I sit there and I watch it. The opening credits scared me. They scared the shit out of me. It looks like a bad TV show. like it, And it plays like a, like a special victims unit of some show. Whatever show has the special victims unit. I don't know those shows at all. But it felt like... The opening credits of a bad TV show. Like a really, really bad TV show. And it gets a little worse from there. Katie's sister, she's coming for Christmas. 
The husband's this big shot plumber, always buying her jewelry, but your sister's always showing off, throwing in Katie's face, you know? Well, guess what? It's payback time. <laughs> Almost two carats. Fight it. Fight it. Look at me. Fight it. Decades get, gets in a weird shootout. Everything happens so fucking quick. It's like a little montage, and it feels like there's scenes, connective scenes missing. It's just chaos at first. Cage gets in a shootout, kills a guy, his partner dies. We don't really focus on that. I thought the whole movie was going to be about that. Turns out it didn't matter. Because he, later on after that, he goes into a bar and he's sitting there drinking. And a woman walks in and she, they keep like showing her. Oh, they're showing down here. It's the girl from uh, Cabin in the Woods, which is one of my favorite movies. So it's nice to see her again. Didn't recognize that's who she was until almost the end of the movie. And I was like, oh, it's her. But anyway. Uh, she comes up to him and she's like, they start flirting. And she's like, yeah, I'll take another drink. She's like all over him, just kind of like, yeah, that's great. And she's kind of jokingly making him flirt with her, but he, he does not say a word to this actress. He sits there and says, mm -hmm. it'd be great. And she's like, why don't you call me sometime? He's like, yeah, I will. She's like, you're a good listener. We just need to work on the talking. And he's like, Ugh. And I was like, okay, they're going to start dating. And then she's going to get killed and then he's gonna have to avenge her like a la death wish style or something now what happens i can't stop now tina mcguire her husband worked for goodyear layoff hits four or five years ago boom cancer no insurance six-year-old girl Guy's gone in two months. hey they set up in the previous scene of the bar in the most expositional dialogue ever where the guy's like Says her character name, says her age, her weight, her eye color, the fact that she's recently widowed and on the market, and she's she's out and about. And and then, so I was like, okay, she's with Nick Cage. They're going to start dating. And then in the next scene, she's with her daughter at a 4th of July party, and then she's with her boyfriend. And I'm like, where are we? When are we? I'm so scared. You're leaving me to answer my own questions in this movie. Why are you doing this to me, movie? You're the one... You're, you're telling me this story. Why are you... You're aban you've abandoned me in my hour of need. The, the first hour of a movie is my hour of need. you got to tell me what's happening. Unless I missed a four-month-later Chiron on there, I don't know what, what the fuck happened. It just cuts to this, and uh, she has a boyfriend. Okay, here we are. Did she have the boyfriend when she's flirting with Nick Cage? I don't really... She's kind of a bitch at that point. But the whole movie is just, like, all about how she's a whore. And she, this girl's a fucking whore. And, and how many times can they call this girl a fucking whore in this movie? Mom needs you inside. Oh, I need you to stop looking like a whore. <laughs> like Cormac girl? Lying bitch. She withdrew the whole complaint. All those lies about my brothers? Bitch better watch her mouth. You and your whore mama better shut your faces. You hear me? And she offered to trade money for sex. Because I'm going to do you just like I did Tina. That drunk bitch came on to us selling her ass. Tina McGuire's a lying whore. No one's gonna believe her. Anyway, he's got proof that she sells her pussy, proof she likes her rough, pictures, sworn statements. It's that bitch, Tina McGuire! They walk home and they decide to go through the creepy fucking woods. They immediately get pounced on by a bunch of rapists. And then it becomes like I spit on your grave, only there's like an 11 year old girl right here. And then they, they survive, the little girl runs away, gets, gets help. Nick Cage goes and saves the mama because he's a cop. He's a, a former military guy. I don't forget where the fuck he was, what branch he served in, but he was a military guy. He's a hero cop. I don't often meet heroes. Is this girl a psychic? Nah. 
don't meet a lot of real life heroes. Seriously. That opening bar scene was dog shit. I hated the first 20 to 30 minutes of this movie. Fucking hated it. I have never done this with a Nick Cage movie. I debated going, I'm gonna turn this some bitch off. I don't care. I'm not gonna watch this. This is this is atrocious. This is offensive on all levels. And I'm not a guy that gets easily offended, but that was so bad. And I'm glad I stuck in there. Because what I got next was 20 minutes of rape and, and torture and, and weird sections of, of uh, whatever even begin in this. They rape her, he saves her, and then they get they find out the guy's names. And from here I'm like, all right, I can tell what's gonna happen. He's gonna go track him down. And then immediately they, they all get arrested. And I'm like, okay, well, let's shift back over here. And I'm like, okay. So since they're arrested already, they're probably gonna get away with it. And then he's gonna track him down after. They start, they go and hire Don Johnson. In which case I'm like, all right, they're gonna get away with it. They're gonna get off in more way than one. They're gonna get off, they're gonna get free, and then Nick Cage is gonna track them down and kill them. And that's pretty much what happens in the movie. So until next time, and I mean, I guess I'll keep talking about it. Let me just say this. Don Johnson does a good job making you fucking hate his character. Because the, the mom survives, the daughter survives, they're really trying to grasp with it, and it becomes like a very melodramatic movie with very cheesy elements, which kind of reminded me of like Room after after they get out of the room and the mom debates suicide because, spoiler alert for this movie, um, if you're gonna watch it, go ahead and just stop watching right now. Go watch it and come back to this. Now that you're here, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and assume you either didn't hear that or you're back from, from watching the movie and I'm sorry about that. Um, it's kind of up to you if you wanna watch it or not, I can't help it. How bad was that 20 minutes? That first 20 minutes was bad, right? Really bad. Anyway, the mom is trying to grasp like the concept that she got brutally gang raped by these guys, and she's obviously not handling it well, as as anyone would in those circumstances, understandably. But she goes to the Niagara Falls because this movie takes place in Niagara Falls, New York, which the opening montage, the terrible, terrible like TV show TNT TV show intro has like flashes of newspaper like three nine thousand meth labs like. So many people brought to the hospital for meth fires. I'm like, what What the fuck? From the explosions, I guess? But whatever. So, and I could tell that the writer of this movie or the director was like, they pictured this one scene where they go to the falls and she's about ready to throw herself in. Or maybe he pictured the scene where Nick Cage shoots the guy into the fall. I don't know. But it, that's, you could tell that's where, like, where it started. That was a genesis. That was the first scene and it expanded from there into a different story. But when she arrives there and she starts doing like the, this sort of thing, like Kate Winslet in the front of the fucking Titanic. She starts doing the, and she's about ready to jump in. Nick Cage just snatches her away. I'm like, why is he just wandering around the falls? What the fuck? He's just there? But he saves her. He saves her because he's Nick Cage and he's great. You have a child. We both know what it's like to lose someone we love. Why do you care? Because you, you found me? Because you met me in a bar once? This whole section of the movie is just overly dramatic. It's, it's cheesy. I would say cheesy is the best word for it. And this is the first of many, many camera shadows and camera reflections that we see in this movie. This movie really gives you a good glimpse of the behind the scenes, guys. You really get to know your camera crew in this movie. Vengeance, a love story. Shadows and reflections. 
While I don't want to make fun of the cinematography of this movie too much because I actually think it was decent, it kept a handheld style in the action sequences without going too far into the end of watch, shaky cam makes you want to vomit, Blair Witch style. Let's discuss though the importance of keeping your camera shadow and camera reflections a secret. Very first scene here in the movie, we see if we fast forward here, we're going to see a cameraman right there. How you doing buddy? Nice to meet you. We'll see plenty of you coming up. The end of this scene here where his partner gets shot, while not quite a shadow of the camera, we get, as we see on Nick Cage's back here, the reflection coming off the monitor, which is just bizarre. And you see it move around in his shoulder there. And it continues the whole scene. We change camera angles here. And if you look closely here, oh, who's this on the left? Oh, 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 cameraman, cameraman shadow. Yep, spotted you. This is the scene I mentioned here in the review, which is uh, the Niagara Falls scene, so they're outside. And watch this, the entire shot, just an entire camera shadow on Nick Cage's arm here. And yep, gets worse, gets worse, gets worse. You see, yep, you can just see camera parts. You can see everything about that cameraman. Oh, yep, zooming in. And the reason I didn't cut this scene is because this is a unique one, because we get three in a row here. So it goes from the camera shadow on Nick Cage's arm here, and if we fast forward a little bit here, we see a guy walking a doggy, uh, some sort of demon devil dog, whatever the hell that is. Nice shorts, buddy. Car pulls up and slow down and watch this. Oh, oh, who's this? Oh, hey, buddy. Oh, a full camera. I can see the light. Oh, great. Oh, hey, buddy. And let's just keep this shit train going here. Let's just uh, let's switch to the other side of the car here. We see the little girl in the back seat, the best actress in the movie. Uh, it's a genuine compliment. I'm not making fun of her. Watch as she opens the door. Actually, before she opens the door, on the right side of the door here, in the passenger side, next to the comatose passenger, you can see a, a, a cameraman's leg. His entire leg. Apparently he doesn't notice that. But watch as the door opens here. Okay, she's going to swing this door open and... Oh, 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 hey buddy! I see you again! How you doing? I see both your legs and, and the fact that you're standing there. That's great. Great work. Alright, we cut to the grandmother, who I can't believe is a grandmother, and just, let's just watch and see what happens here. Oh, what's this in her, in her sunglasses? Who's that? Oh, is that an entire camera that I can see? An entire camera? Not hidden at all? No, she, I guess she just has that in her car, like she's paranoid the police are going to pull over. You're white and blonde, you're fine, you don't have to film the police. This one's unique, because there's almost a way you could hide this one. Because watch, there's so many different shadows moving across this guy's chest. I, I cut out some of them in the beginning, but you see like there's the banister right there. And let's, let's fast forward a little bit, and this just looks like an innocuous shadow, but look, let's pause here. And clearly a head. You can see an ear. There's an ear right here. That's a goddamn head. And there's, oh, 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 how you doing? I got the camera and the monitor, both both shadows on the guy. Look at that, full monitor on the crotch. Uh, as he gets to the parking lot, he starts to get bashed in by the bad guy. Uh, he bends down and, oh, what do we find in the car door here again? Oh, hey, how you doing, buddy? Welcome back. Welcome back, cameraman. I see you in entirety here. Uh, how's it going? Let's move on to the next scene. Also at the Niagara Falls. This time we got Nick Cage, and this one's unique. Also, because it's the only one I could spot in the movie where, as the camera starts to get a shadow on his shoulder, they just go ahead and cut and watch him staring at a fucking eagle instead. You can tell they get embarrassed right here, because watch this footage. Alright, so you see the camera start to get a shadow on his shoulder right here. Oh, it's coming in. Uh, and they cut. And he's just staring majestically at an eagle. Like he's in Assassin's Creed. So let's just watch and see what happens as this scene progresses, because this, this shadow is, is amazing. It creeps across his face. And watch. Oh, oh, we got camera on here, we got some... Yep, yep, look at that. Look at that natural shadow. Look at that natural cable, 
Cable's shadow going across this entire scene. Let's just fast forward this thing because it just creeps back and forth. Every time they pass the street light, you see a camera and the, whatever gear they have rigged up to the outside of this. Because look at this throat. All right, so we got another light coming up here. And let's watch the shadow creep across them again. Here we go. This time, I can't tell what this shadow would be if it wasn't something from the camera crew. What would make this shadow on his, his face right here? I don't know what that is. Even though I know what camera equipment looks like, I still can't place that shadow. But it sure as shit isn't part of a car. Sure as shit isn't outside because it isn't moving that quickly. So we're left with the camera crew. I mean, look right here. You can see some sort of hole in that thing. Which is also a cable right there. We're looking at a camera crew shadow here. Maybe a lighting shadow. Who knows? Alright, now we're outside in the rain. This one's not a shadow or a reflection, but this one is interesting because it's raining outside Niagara Falls. And then we get some unnatural rain occurrences here because watch how the, the rain drips off the front of the bag over the camera. Let's just watch this unnatural heavy rain right here for no reason. This one, this one isolated spot has severe heavy rain. Hey, look at that. Look at those drizzles. Where are those coming from? Where are those coming from? We have, I have no idea. Weird. Strange. Almost like there's a bag over the camera, it's dripping off the front of it. All right, we got Nick Cage going outside to meet Don Johnson. Have a little chat, little chat, little powwow. Let's watch in the door here, shall we? Okay, oh, we got a boom mic. We got the entire boom mic in, in, in reflection here. And let's just go a little further. Oh, hey, the guy holding the boom right there, right behind Nick. We can see his entire goddamn body and entire mic. This one's different because Nick Cage is staring right at us into a into a reflective surface, which would be the mirror, his rearview mirror. And this one, I expected to see some goddamn camera shadow. I, there's a little bit of shadow on her stomach. I don't know what that is, but who cares? It looks like a microphone to me, but let's pretend that's not there because I can't really quite place it. But the thing that caught me off guard about this scene is because there's plenty of reflective surface. There's clearly a camera crew in the back seat, but watch as he flips his little rearview mirror to the right. Camera right. Nothing. I don't see anything. I mean, it cuts to like a superimposed image of them in there, but I think they, they might have just cut the, the guy out, cut the cameraman and the, the other guy in the back out of the fucking frame, but who knows? Thank you for watching Vengeance, A Love Story, Shadows and Reflections. The rest of the fucking movie, honestly, is just breezed through. Who gives a shit? The, the next 20 minutes, I would say, is the daughter, who is probably the best actress in the movie, that little girl. She fucking killed it. She was great. As far as, not even just as far as kid actor goes. She was great. She's like, and she has like this, she has to become overly responsible because obviously her mother can't handle it. And her grandmother, who, who doesn't look that much older than the mom, but apparently she's 20 years older. The grandma's like really overbearing. And it's like a series of overbearing mothers in this, in this family. But the little girl has to like grow up really quickly. Like one of the guys that they arrested earlier, that Don Johnson got out of trial. She dragged her daughter to Rocky Point Park, where she met up with the defendants, whom she knew. And she offered to trade money for sex. And then afterwards, after the defendants were all set to leave, Mrs. McGuire suddenly decided to raise her price. And then she wildly drunken attacked the defendants so derelict as a parent Objection, to drag her to a drunken orgy of a 4th of July party. They have a big trial scene, uh, like pre-trial, where they're kind of saying, this is why I think we need to take this guy to court and have a trial. Don Johnson does a whole like, well, they weren't really raping her. They said they paid for a gangbang and a gangbang they were going for indeed, yes. 
she was easy. She was ready and willing, just spreading those legs and waiting for all dicks to come. Just come on, she's calling in the reserves. Any any takers? Yes, come on, come on into this vag. Oh, everybody, come on in. So my so my honor. How can you say these men are guilty of rape when she's such an obvious whore? That door is like, the vagina is like a revolving door in front of the bank. You just kind of it's a turnstile. Anybody wants to come on in, come on in. That's all I'm saying. I mean, how could it be rape? How could it possibly be rape? I mean, is it rape when you when you waltz into your local 7-Eleven because the door says open, and her legs, Your Honor, they said open. So my defendants here walked right in, willing. And then obviously she freaks out, the main girl. I don't know their names. She freaks the fuck out and collapses and then bring her home and she's like debating suicide at that point. And this is when she does a Niagara Falls thing. But Nick Cage starts to realize this shit's not gonna go well. And that's at the hour 10, hour 20 minute. This is like an hour 40 some minute movie, hour 48, hour 38, something. Maybe I think it's an hour 38. Why am I going, why am I talking so much about the length of the movie? But it's really, really far into the movie, way further than I thought it'd be. When Nick Cage is sitting there at a bar, he's at the table. The other guy's at the bar, the boyfriend from before. And he bets this one random guy 20 bucks. The guy who just killed the 11 year old girl's cat and was like, Hey, hey, and drives off and he's like, I killed a cat, huh? It's like big fuck, big fucking hero, big fucking tough guy killing a cat in front of a little girl. But then they go, he goes to the bar and he starts betting 20 bucks in some fucking boxing match. It's, so, it's a badly executed scene, throws the money, goes outside, attacks the boyfriend, throws his head through a window, tries to slam him in the door as we see the, another our, our awesome camera reflection at this point. And then Nick Cage kind of walks out and he's like, and the guy's like, he has his knife, and Nick Cage goes, and shoots him in the head, and he's like, <laughs> what was it? And he falls over dead. Oh, oh, that's called a hit, baby! Uh-oh, you next bitch? <laughs> yeah. I will say, the movie, the action scenes in the movie are very, very quick, and that's what I liked. It reminded me of... Um, the way Michael Mann handles uh, action scenes, like in Miami Vice and Heat and Collateral, where it's like nothing. It's people chasing, chasing, chasing. And the action scenes are like, and it's like, and it's over. It's not like, no, it's like, end of action scenes. I fuck, that's how I like my action sequences. There's a scene in Collateral where it's like, you think it's gonna be the big shootout, and it's like pop pop, and it's done. And I'm like, uh, okay. Is that my briefcase? Is your briefcase? Yeah, it is. Why? You want it back? How about your what? What else you got for me? Huh? He shoots the guy in the head, and then he starts talking to his other police officers, and he gets away with it, as far as we can tell. And I'm kind of, at this point, you're kind of starting to prepare either Nick Cage going to jail or Nick Cage dying, as it is as vigilante movies tend to go. He's going to get killed trying to save this girl, in which he's had 12 to 14 seconds of screen time with. I was really starting to debate, debate if these two characters, these two actors, hated each other 
Or it was, if it wasn't that, that I can understand. I, I get the reasoning for doing that at that point. But if they didn't care for, if they liked each other just fine, then I don't get it. Because, uh, let's just fast forward and talk about that, the rest of that, because it's going to matter. Uh, Nick Cage really just kills the rest of them. Kills two guys at Niagara Falls in this badass shot. Fucking shoots the shit out of the one guy. And just kicks him over into the falls. The family of the kids freak out and they start blaming the girl again, calling her a whore. And then their daughter is dressed like a complete whore. Um, and yes, I do believe you can dress like a whore, ladies. I'm sorry, I'm not... Uh, it's, it's, it's true. She's wearing like teeny little shorts and a little shirt and her, and her bras is hanging out. She's like, that girl's a whore! It's like, okay. I understand there's dressing like a whore and actually being a whore, but... Calling the kettle black at that point, you know what I mean? But the... Uh, up a whore. Man, I wish I could leave this house. Anyway, uh, so Nick Cage kills the rest of the guys. They He meets back up at the end and it's, uh, they start doing like slow motion stuff, which makes me think someone's gonna like, or like end of Die Hard where Carl shoots him. That sort of shit. You expect someone to pop out with a gun. But then he walks, he starts walking with his gun to his car, puts it in the trunk, looks up and sees the mom and the little girl at the fence just like and he walks up to him, and he's like, hey. And they've been packing, we've seen them packing their stuff. And then the mom's like, I tell you, I never really get to meet heroes. And he goes, she's looking around, she goes, I'll leave you two alone, and walks away. And I'm like, are you allergic to Nick Cage? Or do you hate him? What is happening? Why? He did it all for you. And then they made it sound like he did it for the little girl, but he didn't know about the little fucking girl when he met her. I told you once before, I don't meet a lot of real-life heroes. Your daughter's the hero. Sorry. I'm gonna give you guys a moment. I love you. You know, <clears throat> I've never had a daughter. I've never been married. Hey, John, we got a call. All right, then. They shifted it. I'm glad they did. Don't get me wrong, because the little girl's... I, the mom's a good actress, but the little girl fucking crushed this movie. She fucking killed it. So, But it was so weird because the mom says, like, one or two sentences and walks the fuck away. And just, like, and just does, like, a Blair Witch thing. She might as well have. Just... And then Nick Cage talks to the little girl and she literally goes, I love you. And he's like, I never had a daughter, but if I did, I wanted to be just like you. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Slow motion. And I'm like, oh, so I'm ready for it. And he gets in the car and he starts to drive away and he sees him. He like adjusts the mirror and he sees him there. And I'm like, I expected like a head to like appear into the mirror. And then that's all you hear in the credits, you know, that sort of typical cliche ending. But no, he just drives away. And then the credits. The only thing that snuck up on you was the credits at the end.
so Nick Cage doesn't die, which I'm fine with. I don't want uh, I don't want every movie like this to be the same. Nick Cage didn't die. Uh, he didn't do it for love. They leave the fucking California, and then he doesn't get arrested. It doesn't seem like he's gonna get punished at all. Don Johnson knew he did it. And I like that part about it. I love when two characters know something happened and they know the other person knows, but they're not gonna do anything about it. I love scenes like that. I don't know why I do, I just do. John Johnson's like, well, what, is, what did the law say? You know, the law protects what I do, you know, protecting the innocents in the Constitution. Nowhere in there does it say anything about being a vigilante. I hope you don't need my services. And Nick Cage goes, you better hope you don't need mine. You motherfucker. Who knows? You might even need my services someday. You better hope you don't need mine, you motherfucker. Nick Cage barely moves his face in this movie. He was not willing to try at all, which is unfortunate because I think he could have enhanced it a little bit. But, movie over. Okay, let's discuss how I felt about the movie and Cage in it real quick. The movie, I, I almost want to say I wish the movie followed the more cliche route. Because the way it was presented, I liked the way it was told. The problem is, it was told in segments. What the fuck is that? What are you? Demon creature! Oh, bitch. Bitch. Oh, Take that shit. I don't know where you went. You evaporated in the demon dust, but I got you. The first part of the movie was very terrible with the opening credits and the, and the super expositional dialogue by the bartender. The second segment was like very, very sappy and melodramatic and like the actress does a good job with all her like, you know, post-rape feelings and I'm not trying to dismiss that at all. I'm just saying it didn't, I was like sitting there while I'm like, okay, I get it. Okay. And then the little girl is good. The mom I didn't like. I don't like, I didn't like that actress. I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. You, I just didn't care for the character. Maybe it wasn't the actress. She's just like way too fucking cold for what it was. She's just a bitch to everybody. So let's not fault the actress. I take that back. Let's go ahead and fault the character. Just irritating. She reminded me like she should have been in the other family, the asshole family of the rapists. But it just, it felt too segmented and it, none of it flowed, especially that first 20 minutes. I cannot tell you how much I hated the first 20 minutes. I wanted to turn it off, and I never do that. I never turn off a movie. Don't let your mom see you. It's fine. She also didn't know. I spent this. You little thief. <laughs> but I was like, this is fucking terrible. This felt like it was written by someone from a different country, reinterpreted by someone from a different country who also doesn't speak the language, and then someone knew that language, and kind of a mixture of both, and then wrote it into English. And it was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, everything's like, well, that's Sarah. She's 35 years old, blue eyes, blonde hair. She was uh, a victim of a, a hit and run. Her husband died, and uh, now she's raising an 11-year-old girl out there. And every once in a while, they walk through that woods. Uh, nothing's happened yet, but I keep telling her not to. They might as well have just set up a fucking plot. The same goddamn bartender just says what's going to happen in the movie. It was so ridiculous. I know a shortcut. <laughs> The next 40 minutes, like I said, it's really overly dramatic and sappy and bullshit and then saccharine and, and blah, 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 blah. I almost got fucking diabetes from some of it. And the next whatever, the rest of the movie, I actually enjoyed because it's Nick Cage doing his vengeance. Uh, a bit more realistic than in Mandy, 
but the, when he shoots him, it's fine. It's great. And then when he had those moments with the kid, the little girl, I was invested. I was like, yeah, he's talking to a little girl. And I wasn't like, yeah, punch her. But I was like, all right, this, this scene's working is what I meant by that. This scene is actually flowing. It's working well. I like it. Keep this going. No, he left the house and he's not going to see the little girl until the fence in the end. Great. It didn't follow any sort of logical structure to its detriment. I almost wish it followed a more straightforward route through the plot. But the way they did it was just so disconnected. Like the first, it's in segments, like I said, but in those segments, it's like, oh, we're here now. I was just dancing with Nick Cage and asking him out. Now I'm in a long-term relationship and at a 4th of July party, about to go get raped. I'm like, I, I just couldn't follow one scene to the next. I just didn't give a shit at some point. And uh, that's the movie. What else can I say about it? There's not really not a whole lot going on. Uh, there's probably other funny stuff I should bring up, but... But I won't. Meow. Apparently Nick Cage was originally set to direct, but he got too busy or something, so he put Johnny... Johnny Martin to direct, which I don't trust men named Johnny. Grown men named Johnny. You have a... You have a child's name, and you're an adult. Stop it. I'm looking at you, Mr. Depp. I'm looking at you, Mr. Lee Miller. There's probably other Johnnies I can think of, but I don't want to waste any more time. I've stopped having the name Johnny. Uh, with that being said, I don't... I'm trying to decide if I want to fault him, the writer, or the editor here. I think the editor can only work with what he has, and really he's hired by the director. Or that, so that's how it should be. So, who do I blame for the first 20 minutes? Because I, I have to blame someone. I will say I will blame all of them. Fuck it. You can blame them all. I, I do want to blame you for not having Nick Cage in enough scenes, having enough dialogue, and especially not having enough scenes with the girl. And I think they did it on purpose as to be like, he's not doing it for them. But he 100 fucking percent did it for them. I don't, I don't get it. He's a widower as well. His wife's dead. They talk about it once in the in the bar in the beginning and then never again. So much so that the little girl goes, well, you were never married. And he goes, I, if I ever had a little girl, I want to be just like, who gotta go? <laughs> and wanders off and that was it. I will say the last 40 minutes made up for the first 20. Overall, I'm glad I watched it. It was much better than I thought it would be, especially after that first section. Can't get over that. I'm going to keep bitching about it. But as far as Nick Cage rankings go, I guess I'll update my list and throw it on the screen right now because I can't do it off the top of my head. So this is the rankings. Where am I going to do this? I'll do it right here. This is the rankings. These are the dogs. These are the rankings. You got it? Okay. Okay. So uh, until next time, in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. Uh, so long, citizens. So long, Cage. Please let me out of this house. I want freedom. Please let me out. Nick, I will throw myself into Niagara Falls if you don't. I don't know how I get there because the part of the thing is he won't let me leave the house. But I'll find a way. My own Niagara Falls. I'll jump into the sink. I don't care. And by the way, the no sugar, no tobacco, no cigarette thing. Still doing this, all right? It's, was it February 9th today? February 10th. I can't even keep track of the days anymore. I want my, 
I want it. I want my cigarettes. I want my sugar. I've lost weight, but it's not worth it. Nick, you can you can help me out here, man. I'm reviewing your movie. I think you did a great job in this movie. I really do. He, he was great in the movie. Nick Cage is good. He seemed like partially he didn't want to be there. Getting back to serious. I, I guess I'll review the Nick because I didn't do that yet. So skip the... Pretend like I didn't do the outro for the show yet. Nick is, Nick is good in the movie. It seemed like he didn't want to be there. But when he did look like he wanted to be there, he, he did a really good job. The thing is, though, he's kind of like... It was weird. And that's about all he did. But I liked him in the movie. When he got emotional there at the end, he was good. Nick Cage is a good actor. He's a really good actor. Let him do it. That's my biggest problem with this movie is your main character is the little girl technically, but your main star of the movie, the, the the lead actor is Nick Cage and you barely have him in the movie. I just wish they did a little more with his character because as of now, I know he's a widower, he's a cop. End of character. End of show. This cord's not long enough to do that. It's a 14 foot cord, foot cord. that's too, not long enough. You know, bye Nick, okay? Let me out, man. Let me out. If I had a dad, I want him to be just like you, Nick. This is me putting my fingers through the fence like the little girl. I'm trying to have a moment with Nick here. This isn't for you, audience watchers. This isn't you. Are you watching the audience? Members in the audience, this isn't for you. This is for Nick. I should probably go, right? I don't think he bought it. He's not gonna let me out of here. Fucking bullshit. I'm jumping to the sink now. <laughs>